Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is titled Southern Titans profiles uh, some of the corporate giants from South India. On the call with me from Chennai is deputy editor and head of Outstation Bureau's N Madhavan. Hi Madhavan, it's nice to have you back again. Hi Abhishek. At this time I think uh, it is the first of its kind cover story where you have chronicled a bunch of companies who've made a mark over many many years so why why this issue the idea of a sudden titan issue is basically to give very very specific focus to the companies that are there in the south of india there are many interesting stories that happen in south india and uh, we thought it's time we bring that out that gave the idea of a sudden titans issue we have put together a very interesting package which looks at different facets of business in south india and it's not just about the it hubs right usually people think of bangalore and hyderabad and but it's 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 much more than that true it has very little of it in fact what we have done is we have identified certain sectors which has been very specific to south india sectors which southern companies have excelled like one of course we looked at manufacturing then we have looked at infrastructure if you notice some of the largest infrastructure companies reside in south india then we also looked at retail we have also looked at a media company which does very well in south so what we have done is we have tried to identify things that were unique about south and we brought together some of the biggest players in that segment as part of this package Take us through some of the highlights, uh, Madhavan. What are some of these companies? Who are they? The cover story is on Tafe. Tafe is a tractor maker, so India's second largest tractor maker and third largest in the world in terms of volume. The story is just not on tractors, actually. It is a story on how Malika Srinivasan, uh, chairman and CEO of Tafe, has uh, put together a vision, has a larger purpose. She is sort of tying the growth of Tafe to farmer prosperity and food security of the country not many businesses do these things but she is now set a vision whereby her revenues from farm equipment would be equal to that of tractors this is a very audacious move considering the sort of challenges that exist when it comes to adoption of farm equipment in the country and she is sort of now putting in plans in place to execute it yes and and i read that uh, some of the plans are also big in the sense that in the next 10 years tafe's tractor revenues alone will rise to about 18000 crore rupees moving on uh, one of the stories that caught my attention was uh, that of uh, sadananda maiya who was formerly of mtr he 66 years old i read that he, he he would get up at 4:30 in the morning would be at the kitchen uh, learned it the hard way uh, moved on to other things in life so tell tell us about his story because he's come up with something which has 50000 retail outlets across karnataka and 75 5000 outlets all all across india we are talking about uh, mayas beverages and foods many entrepreneurs have built multiple brands but you don't often come across an entrepreneur who ends up competing with a brand that he has actually built and sarat maya is one such person he built ntr into a big brand from scratch but then he had to sell it and today he competes with that brand after having started maya beverages and foods and the story captures early days we built mtr why he had to sell it and then why he could not resist staying away from the food sector and after the non competing period he 
started this Maya beverages and foods, and today it is coming one of the strongest competitors for MTR. He also has kept in pace with the times. Uh, uh, he has online tie-ups with Big Basket and a few others too. Uh, one of his other ways of getting to the customers. A- and one other company was that of uh, Kalanithi Maran of Sun Group that you have written about. What explains his popularity in the South, uh, Madhavan? If you can explain that briefly to the listeners. He's a rich man. 61 crore rupees is what he drew as salary. Uh, he bought SpiceJet which ran into trouble. Forbes India did a cover story a few weeks back. Sun TV also wasn't doing too well with a couple of matters pending in court and yet uh, he makes it as one of the stories in this package and uh, he's terribly successful. So what explains that? We looked at Kalanidhi Maran for the simple reason that globally people who enter into the avian, aviation business uh, and those who are not successful in it end up burning their hands. But here is Kalanidhi Maran who entered SpiceJet and exited it earlier this year when the airline almost grounded to a halt. To our surprise, he moved up in our rich list, Forbes India rich list. We started looking at what made him richer when, you know, the normal thumb rule is that any aviation misadventure, you end up losing a lot of money. The story basically looks into his media business, the Sun Network, and its unique business model, which enables him to be a lot more profitable than his competition. You will be surprised to know that the operating margin of Sun TV is close to over 70%. That story is, what is this business model? How how did he build it? And uh, will it sustain? And Madhavan, you also interviewed Mr. R. Thyagrajan, 78 years old, founder of uh, Sriram Group, uh, a big financial conglomerate, uh, manages assets worth 90,000 crore. You've interviewed him on financial sector regulation. So, mm-hmm. what was that about? Yeah, we, we interviewed Mr. Tyagarajan basically to understand the regulatory issues involved in financial sector. And Tyagarajan is one person who doesn't mince any words. He is very outspoken and, uh, and in this interview he really explains how the financial sector is actually not regulated but strangulated. He is basically talking with the non-banking financial sector in mind and also the larger financial sector where he says that the best way to regulate any sector, not necessarily financial sector, is to ensure that there are a lot of players. You allow the entrepreneurs to come in and thrive. Once that happens, he says, you know, that particular sector really thrives. And he comes down very hard on RBI for having a strangulatory approach to regulation in the financial services sector. And he says that is the reason why there are not enough funds for uh, entrepreneurs and there are large chunks of society which the business community which continues to be unbanked. But then uh, you also have the Reserve Bank of India coming up with concept of payment banks and other such alternative methods and also under Mr. Modi you have more and more people having bank accounts. So has the situation improved? Does he feel that? No, he doesn't agree that entry of payment banks or small banks uh, is going to help because uh, those segments of the society which is credit star is not that going to be their immediate goal. So he feels that that's not going to solve any problem as far as the credit star part of the society is concerned. Right. And finally, uh, you also have Cafe Coffee Day, which every one of us uh, has been a consumer of, uh, Mr. V. Siddhartha. And that is quite a story uh, where some of his pursuits were accidental and uh, he just put his 
company on the stock exchange uh, just last month. Although it was a mixed response, but he, it's still a big name to reckon with. True. The only reason we put him in the package is because of the IPO. And we wanted to really profile him as he listed his company. Cafe Coffee Day is a big brand. And of course, he did not get the sort of response one would have expected from the stock market for many reasons. More importantly, we also talk about his college days, his ideology then, how he changed over time, how he built his millions. So we really wanted to profile Siratha at the time he listed his company. And another behemoth of sorts uh, that has been around for ages is GMR. Uh, which has its mark or stamp on airports, roads, power plants and so many other projects. Uh, that must have been an obvious choice, right? Yeah, but what we have done this time is not really looked at GMR as a company and profiled the company, but we took a very different route and looked at uh, the family constitution that uh, GM Rao has uh, put in place. According to family business experts, it's a very unique constitution which many other family business are beginning to read and understand and imbibe. So, rather than doing a corporate story on GMR, we'll take one particular element of GMR, which is this family constitution, which GM Rao has put in place, and the story actually focuses on that. Right. So, is there a southern way of doing business then, Madhavan? We know about, you know, how ingenious Gujaratis and Marwadis are in terms of doing business. Forbes India had also done a cover on that long back. So, what is it about firms from South India that is different. What is it about them? Is it the culture? Could you pinpoint on a common thread that runs through these companies? At least a few years ago, I, my instant response would have been a culture issue and also a large degree of conservatism that comes into play. They were not as aggressive as uh, their counterparts elsewhere in the country. But nowadays, I don't think that is entirely true. These companies are also beginning to change with times. I think, uh, Madhavan, on, on that note, it's it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Thanks, Adeshi. Thanks. And I'm uh, urging all you listeners to pick this uh, issue and comment on the website as well as on the podcast. Uh, you can uh, download this on Forbes India as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, just message Forbes to 5188.